Gabby Barron had an ideal life. She grew up next door to her grandparents on acres of Texas land with four-wheelers, animals, and a city full of excitement just around the corner. It was all that a little girl could want. I grew up next door to my grandparents, and they were just very important and special in my life. And um, my grandmother would just always tell me about Jesus, and um, she just did it in such a way that just made him so real. And um, whenever I was, I I would I would always go over there and just spend the night with them. I mean, we just we had a house next door, and I would just go over. Hey, I'm going to Gigi and Poppy's. So I'm gonna go spend the night, and we would spend so much time together. But sometimes even the sweetest situations can't protect us from life's terrifying experiences. Today, Gabby shares what it was like to go from childhood, when all her choices were made for her, to teenage years when she faced a paralyzing choice that would shape the rest of her life. Welcome to Kaval. So is that your mom's mom? My dad's mom. Your dad's mom. Mm-hmm. So, and were your parents from the same area as your grandparents? Y'all yes. Were there? Yes. And they grew up there? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So did you have any siblings? Yes. I have um, an older brother, Benjamin, and a younger brother, Josh. So you're middle. Yeah. The middle, the only girl, just super special. You are super special. <laughs> Absolutely. So what was it like growing up with two brothers? Um, well, we kind of went in in just the phases of who I was close to that week. <laughs> and I am seeing that play out. I've got three kids as well, so I'm just kind of seeing that play out where, you know, you're best friends with one sibling, and then you get in a fight, and you go to the other one, and then y'all are best friends for the week. Right. So they um, they were never, you know, just like the rough and tumble brothers we got along pretty well and we lived next door to a ranch so we were always you know going to ride horses and we lived on acreage so um we would go ride our four-wheelers and we're very close we're outside a whole lot um so that was kind of how i that's fun. With them, yeah. That's super fun. So uh, you grew up next to a ranch out in the country. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. It was. It was really fun. We had, um, we had horses, but we didn't. Somehow, my grandfather had worked out this arrangement that we would rent horses. Oh, okay. <laughs> we named them. I, I like. I still. I don't think I've ever asked because it okay. was just so something that's like just so funny to look back. But we had. Two horses, Danny and Tex, and we would go over and we would help just take care of them, and um, we would ride and yeah. Oh, that's so, so fun! So are those? So do you have any favorite childhood memories? Um, I think. Well, a lot of my just favorite memories just kind of surround. My grandparents, they just mm-hmm. always just made life so fun. Um, my grandfather would, 
he just made everything so special. He would say, hey, I need you to meet me down at the bottom of the stairs at whatever time, and I need you to wear this or that, and this is what we're doing. Or, you know, he wouldn't tell us what we were doing, but this is the occasion that you kind of need to get dressed yeah. for. And I would, you know, put on my best dress. And they would, he would take me. He had um, a car. We named it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was like a kit car, and it had all the special horns oh and stuff. Goodness. So he would take me to go um, have a tea party. Um, we did that a whole lot. He, one of his favorite memories is he took me, um, I don't know which, which uh, tea room it was, but we got done eating and, you know, we had to practice all the etiquette, elbows right. off the table and right. whatever. And he, um, the, the girl came back to make sure we were okay, see if we need anything else. And I thought I was just so big and ordered ice cream. And he said she could tell, he could tell that she was kind of scrambling because she was, they didn't have ice cream, but she said, okay. And he said, he sees her run across the road to the store and she brings me back ice cream. And I was just not aware of this. So he told me that story, but that was just kind of how he was. He just wanted to make every experience so special and memorable. And um, my grandmother, she celebrated the day of my salvation every year. She you know, it's my born again birthday. And um, every year we would go to the Galleria or we'd go to North Park. And she was uh, always just dressed to the nines, just a very classy lady. And she would take me to, <laughs> she would take me to Neiman's and we would go just like look at stuff, but we would never buy anything. She would say, you, you come here and you see kind of how people are dressed and then you go find a bargain. So she would say that we would go and we would laugh at prices and, right. and but we'd kind of figure out what, right. you know, what the styles were and uh-huh. stuff. And then we'd go have lunch. Um, so those, those are some really just sweet memories that I'll treasure forever. Gabby's grandparents were huge figures in her life. They shared a special bond with their granddaughter and were there for her most treasured moments. One night I laid down Um, and I just had this just feeling, I'll never forget it, that I, like, I wanted to follow Jesus and I wanted him in my heart forever. And I wanted to just live this out just like my Gigi. And, um, so I was five years old and I woke her up and (laughs) she wanted to take me into a place that was nice and quiet. And she took me to her bathroom and I sat on her lap on the toilet and (laughs) we, and uh, I accepted Jesus that night. And I'll just never forget that. It was such a big, important Mm -hmm. moment, but I really feel like it was one of my very first big memories. The shape of Gabby's life stayed the same until sixth grade. The same school, the same house, the same grandparents next door. Any day she liked, she could walk over to their house and go on a fun adventure. But as we all know, life can't stay the same forever. So I um, I grew up in private schools. We went to the same um we went to the same school from kindergarten to sixth grade, and it was a very small um, school, so, and I also went to church there. And so I was never forced to 
know anybody new. You know, oh. we we went to church together. We went to school together. Um, I We were all homebodies, so we always stayed at home. I never went anywhere, and that was just fine. Like, we had family next door. and right. And so... Um, so I just, I never had to, I never had to make new relationships, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the sixth grade, I'd never been in any sports or, or mm-hmm. any extracurricular activities, but I decided I wanted to be a cheerleader. And so my mom signed me up. Um, and the very day she signed me up, we go home and my dad is outside washing the car and he's got this big... Um, yellow like notepad in the back of his shorts and he was like need everybody to get in the car and my dad is not an adventurous person he's a creature of habit he mm-hmm. did the same thing every day never washed the car ever I think it was the <laughs> one and only time I ever saw him washing the car and he says um you know we're, we're going somewhere my mom had no idea what was going on but we get in the car and we're driving and driving and driving and it's really not a long drive but we went from mesquite to Terrell and um this is kind of a a funny side note to this drive if you've been to Terrell right you know there are a lot of liquor stores and right. so my brothers and I were like one two seven thirty two like just kept like increasing and we were like right. where is he taking us so he pulls up to this house and he looks at my mom and he just points at it and he says I bought it. And we had always lived next door to my grandparents. We had, that was our life. That was, oh, wow. My mom had zero idea. I mean, he'd bought it. He had done the thing. Here we're going, you know? And she was like, wait, what? Huh? And he says, well, you know, the school's not doing well. They're about to shut down. I've heard there's a good Christian school here. So I bought the house and, and, and we're moving. And, it was just like everything we had ever known just got disrupted very abruptly. And I mean, we knew the school kind of was on its last leg. They had combined fifth and sixth grade together. And I think oh. there was six of us. Like it was very oh. small. So we moved. Um, and the whole experience was just so weird because we had always, everything had always been the same. We'd mm-hmm. live next door to my grandparents. We've never had right. to learn anybody knew ever nobody knew us here so we go and just immediately it was just very hard because all of those kids had grown up together right um and I hated it my brother my older brother decided that he um I I don't think he attended tarot christian at all I think that was about the time that he decided he's very very smart and he decided that what was best for him was just to finish up high school so he went and got his GED and started at Eastfield immediately and started working on that um and he actually moved back to the garage apartment that we had lived in in Mesquite for the time that he was 16 till he was till he got married he Uh lived there um so he didn't attend the school it was just my little brother and I Lost in the deep end of a brand new world, Gabby frantically learned how to stay afloat. I think uh, about, I, I went for seventh grade to Tarot Christian 
And I was just trying so hard to just fit in, Mm -hmm. you know, make new friends. Um, And I feel like I just kind of lost who I was in that whole Mm -hmm. time just so I could find a friend. Like, I will mold and shape myself to be whoever you want me to be because I need a friend. And um, (laughs) so that was seventh grade and eighth grade. Um, I sat down and wrote this long letter to my dad because this was just kind of how we communicated Mm -hmm. and we still to this day will send long emails and that's kind of how we communicate. Um, So I write write him this letter because the one friend that I had made decided that she was going to go back to public school. It was her first year and she wanted to go back and you know what? So do I. I think I'm ready for public school in Terrell, which... It was quite, quite a, a change. Um, and my dad, he, he gave me kind of every option. Like, you know, you can go to this all-girls school here. You can do this. Mm-hmm. You can do that. I, I don't think public school is really what you're ready for. It's, we've never done this before. And I just wanted so bad to be with right. that friend that I was just like, yes, it is. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I get thrown in to that. I threw myself in, um, to public school and kind of the same thing. That friend kind of got in with another friend group and here I am just stranded on this Island again. And here I go again. In in seventh grade. This is now eighth grade. Now eighth grade all by yourself. Yeah. In a middle school. Oh my goodness. Yes. Young Gabby spent her formative middle school years as most of us do miserable and desperate for acceptance. She was pretty good at finding it, but in all the wrong places. So did you find a lot of rejection in um, in going to school, eighth grade, mm-hmm. in a public school? I don't really think I had much rejection just because I was willing to okay. fit the mold of whatever they wanted okay. me to be. You could figure out what people wanted. Yes. And be what they wanted. Yeah, which was kind of dangerous being that I could kind of do whatever I wanted right. to do, you know. Okay. So And use your best judgment. Mm-hmm, which wasn't the best. So, um, so I kind of got in with, you know, a friend group. And the summer before our freshman year, um, I did not have a curfew. I could do whatever I wanted to do. There were... Um, I mean, this is summer before freshman year. There was. So you're like 13, maybe um, 14. I think I was 13, 14. So, um, we went to all these parties and there was lots of alcohol and, um, um, everybody was that we were hanging around was not lower classmen we hung out with seniors and um it was the summer so some of them had just graduated and and it was okay use your best judgment right so just a baby oh boy so this is this is freshman year um and then the summer before my sophomore year I had got into my very first relationship and this was a guy that had graduated from high school. Um, he was 18. I really, I didn't know what I was looking for in a relationship. I think at this point I had kind of like 
like I said, I've kind of molded myself to fit into whatever I needed to be. I wasn't constantly around, you know, my grandmother that just, I felt kept me so grounded and in my relationship with Jesus. So this, at this point, it was kind of like, oh, none of these other people are, you know, following Jesus and, and, and maybe they were, but I mean, at this, you know, we're just kind of doing whatever we want to do. And, um, and so I, I really didn't have, um, any standard of what Mm -hmm. I was looking for in a boyfriend or, or that just wasn't there. So, um, the summer, um, after my sophomore year, he, and, and absolutely I'm taking ownership in this. I mean, I, I wasn't just this kid that had no idea what she was doing and being led by whatever, right. you know, wherever the wind took me, I, I made choices and, mm-hmm. um, I really just thought if, if he's going to stay with me, he wants this thing for me. And so I ended up pregnant, um, at 15, um, during that summer. And it was, um, so how did you find out? I knew, I knew the very night that it happened. 15 years old and pregnant. Gabby's world stopped in its tracks. I knew. I, I'll never forget that feeling. And I don't think it was just like based out of fear. Like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, I did this thing and now I'm pregnant. I, I knew. I knew. And I called my friend and it was a Friday night. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know what I need to do, but I have to fix this problem that I have. Wow. And she was like, okay, let me... Um, let me kind of do some research and um, I think we can go to this place called Planned Parenthood and they can give you this pill where it just kind of like gets rid of whatever and you'll be fine and she's like Gabby they're closed on the weekends and Mm. I was like oh no what do I do like I don't I don't know what to do and she's like well you know you can I think you can just have an abortion I don't think it's a big deal and it just kind of Mm -hmm problem solution you know so I was like okay I I had no idea what it meant to be pregnant I had no idea what an abortion was I just knew it was problem solution like this is what we're gonna do so um I took a pregnancy test took another one took another one took another one all positive and so I let um the the father know and he was like, okay, let's go back. There was a Planned Parenthood in Terrell. He's like, let's go back and let's just set up that appointment. So I was like, okay, you know, let's go. So we go and, of course, I run another pregnancy test, comes back positive. And the, um, the woman comes back to tell us that I am 15, I'm a minor, I can't have that procedure without parental consent. Um and he was just kind of pressing, like, what are these loopholes? Like, I'm 18. Can I not consent for her? No, you can't. Um, what else can we do? And she was like, well, if you can prove that you're directly in harm from your parents that they find out, you can go before a judge, kind of prove that, and you can go on with the procedure. And he's like, you know, your mom is, she gets really angry sometimes. I think we could prove this. And I was like, okay, you know. 
In just a few short years, Gabby found herself trapped in a situation that she never would have dreamed of as a child. The days of horse riding and tea parties were over. Her grandparents were no longer there to shine Jesus' light and love into her heart, and her attempts to replace their affection had gone horribly wrong. As she scrambled to find a solution to this problem, little did she know that she was beginning the greatest journey of her life, the journey to make her faith her own. This episode of Kava the Podcast is sponsored by the Pregnancy Resource Center. The Pregnancy Resource Center was established in the year 2000 in Rockwell, Texas, offering help and hope to women facing an unplanned pregnancy. Their free services include pregnancy testing, counseling, sonograms, and most importantly, sharing the love of Christ. Over 1,400 girls who came in seeking abortion information changed their mind after receiving their services, and over 500 made a profession of faith in Christ after meeting with them. The Mesquite location opened in 2008, and later this year, they're launching a mobile ministry to reach those who otherwise would not have access to their free services. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kava the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will subscribe, download, and share this on your social media pages and with your family and friends. If you find yourself in a desperate place, it is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who have gone before you and shared their stories. They have exemplified the meaning of Kava learning to wait during difficult times to find an eventual positive outcome. I can't express my gratitude for my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I would not be able to do this without you. For more information, please visit kavathepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.